out of Baldwin. We're back. Ross here alongside Mark. Greetings. We're back and we want to remind you that you can find us on SoundCloud and on iTunes. And we got a lot to talk about. We've been gone for too long and there's this is one of the best sports. That's my fault. My personal life has took a turn for the extremely busy, so I don't have as much time to mindlessly talk about sports with Ross as I used to. It's, it's been very sad development. Mark's got a lot going on, namely his firstborn child. Um, well, I was too busy winning our rotisserie fantasy he did, baseball league. He did. I know a lot of you guys were concerned about this. He did win our uh, fantasy baseball league, 12-team league, for what, the second time in three years? Four years. Second time in four years. Uh, and we are in arguably, approaching arguably the most exciting time of the sports calendar. We've got college football in full swing, NFL, which we're probably not going to get to today, in full swing. Screw the NFL. Base- NFL is for chumps. Baseball playoffs and NBA basketball approaching as well. So a lot to get to. Um, what should we start with? Well, we can quickly review the miserableness that was the year of the Cardinals. Second straight year, the Cardinals are not going to be participants in October baseball. And that's depressing to both of us, as it is to all of Cardinals Nation. They got to play a game on October 1st. Oh, yeah. A meaningless game. That they promptly lost. Yeah, that they lost as well. First time in manager Mike Matheny's career that they played games that did not matter uh, as far as postseason implications. I think there were some good things with some younger players that the Cardinals have to look forward to, but there's um, also a lot to be frustrated about, and a lot of things didn't get better from last year, and their win total got worse. So let's not beat around the bush. This is what it breaks down to. The front office kept telling us, we like our team, we think we can win with this team, except for everyone forgot to tell them that you can't win when you have like a group of 12 two-war players. Uh, you can't, it just doesn't work that way. So, I didn't look this up, but what, I mean, what were the Royals two years ago? Did they have that many guys that they surely they had no one over five wins? There's a big difference between a five win player yeah, and a two win player. True, right? but you in in kind of the snapshot of their team, you would look at it and say, oh, a bunch of really solid guys. You could maybe argue that for the all those Giants teams that won. Well, I didn't know that we were going to be talking about the 2015 Royals, but I would imagine that Hosmer that year had a very high WAR. Keynes was probably pretty solid too with his defense. I think Escobar had a unusually high one just because For he played hockey. really good defense, yeah, was, and then his offense wasn't defense. completely atrocious. That was his career season. Well, I imagine Perez's was very good. Yeah, we don't want to get too much into their whole season. I'm just saying, ago, but I, you can't expect to to succeed when your core is aging, and then the rest of your young guys aren't any good. Like, they're okay. They're okay Major League players. Now, yes, I know we're going to get into it. The one exception was Tommy Pham. But everyone else on the roster either underachieved or achieved at exactly the level they're capable of, which is 
not good because we don't have any superiorly talented players on this roster anymore. The only ones that are superiorly talented are in their decline, like Yadier Molina, who still had a decent season, or, I don't know, they didn't have a good year, like Matt Carpenter. And or didn't have a good enough year. Like you Carlos Martinez had a good year, but we all know he could have done better, and they were kind of expecting him to do better. You're just not going to be able to compete with a team like the Cubs and how they're currently built, having a bunch of mediocre guys filling yeah. all of your spots the in the lineup. the sad thing is the Cubs had... They were on track to have their proverbial hangover season, and they left the door open for a long time. Well, they did. They were projected for like 103 wins, and they ended up, what, 93? 92 or 93, yeah. I mean, that's that's still a solid win total. Yeah, that's fine, but we definitely could have... The door was open for a long time. That's the frustrating thing. I don't know. I think... I hate to harp on the manager and coaching staff, because I think it's debatable how much of a difference they make in baseball but to me there's a disconnect between the front office who stands by Matheny and by all accounts they love Matheny they're not wavering on him at all but there's the disconnect that the the front office is pretty well um, driven in data and sabermetrics with their decision making a nice split between that and in kind of more traditional scouting and decision making, but their manager is not data driven at all. It doesn't appear to be anyway. And so there's that disconnect. They fired their pitching coach a couple days ago after the season, Derek Lilliquist. Uh, reports are that he was just too old school. He wasn't looking into numbers and statistics at all, but I have trouble believing he was the issue. I mean, the pitching staff definitely fell off in the second part of the year. The bullpen got better, but the starters got worse as the year went on. So, I don't know. What do you think about Lily getting fired and how much of a problem is Matheny? Well, I don't think it matters. Lilliquist getting fired. Adam Wainwright stinks, and he had too many starts this year. That's what it came down to. Imagine replacing all of Wainwright's starts early in the year with Luke Weaver starts. I mean, that could have changed five or six games right there. Or Leak. I don't think that's fine too. Wainwright. Yeah. Dude, I love Adam Wainwright, but I'm sorry. He just stinks now. He only throws 88 miles an hour, and he doesn't have control of his curve. He wasn't healthy, which, I mean, that's an issue. He's 35, and he's not getting any help. Anyway, I, I'm fine with them firing Lil Quist. I'm fine with them firing Matheny if they were to choose to do so. But what it comes down to is they just don't have... I mean, yeah. name a team they in the need... playoffs. Name a team in the playoffs who doesn't have one of those corner guys. Like one of those franchise type guys. Whether it be a pitcher or a position player. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you want to count the Twins. Yeah. Who were barely in the playoffs. But we almost had the same record as them. They right. just got in because the AL right. wildcard was weaker. Right. So do you think that their answers for those... I think I already know your answer. The, you're saying that player's not in the system at all, that that's not going to come, because the Cardinals love to say, well, we have X in our their farm first, system already. Their, so. their recent first-rounders have been bad. Awful. The last two, three, awful, four awful, years. Awful, awful, Yeah. But best players don't always come from the first round. Okay. I mean, that's a policy. Just, why does every other system seem to have like some super stud prospect? 
Now, granted, ours was Alex Reyes and he got hurt, so yeah. I'll kind of give it a pass on that. But why don't we have a Lindor or a Correa? It seems like well, every other we do team have Delvin Perez. He's just they drafted him out of high school. He's going to be three or four or five years away. And it remains to be seen how good he will be. Yeah, but his stocks actually dropped. That okay? He's played one year of rookie ball. I mean, that's okay. Whatever. He he's not the answer because we need a more immediate fix anyway. So, but just that's a recent draft pick that could turn out well. And you mentioned Lindor. And They've just been be swinging and missing in the first round too often, or well, playing it too safe. They play I mean, safe example, and they go pitching Marco, a lot. Marco Gonzalez was a first round pick. Yeah. They typically go pitching in the early rounds. And they don't. As a result, they don't have that power hitter. Uh, maybe they thought it was going to be Oscar Tavares before his untimely death uh, three years ago. But I'm not in, of this whole. Um, the consensus around here seems to be that they are the, the move they need to make is a, a big trade for a big power bat or what they're calling an impact bat in the middle of the lineup. And sure, that could help, but I don't know that that's as essential to making a playoff team as they think it is, or as some people think it is. And I don't know really that that player is going to be available other than a trade, which, I mean, maybe that would make sense. Cause the one thing their minor league system does have is depth it may not have superstars coming up, but it has a lot of quality players coming up. And we saw some of them this year. That's your problem though. Too many quality players. That's what they thought right. they had. And it doesn't add up to being. It is what they have, but it they, doesn't add up to right. being anything better than a slightly over five hundred. And then team. that's where you now, get. Now, if in. you're in a division that stinks, that's okay. But they're not. They're in a division against the Brewers, who are actually now ahead of schedule because they did like a complete rip down and rebuild, and they were already ahead of us by three games. And then the Cubs, who they could re-sign all their studs because they're going to have a huge payroll. Being in a big market and now with success backing them up, and I mean, what are they going to do? They're going to be stuck with these two war guys. Yeah. Well, and then that's where the margin of error in the situation you just explained is so thin if it's there at all, and you have a manager who can't maximize having a deep team because he doesn't seem to make the right moves specifically with pitchers, but also with um, just kind of seemingly has a different lineup every day and not doesn't is stubborn with some players and fickle with other players but if they were going to fire him they would have fired him. yeah they're not going to this offseason now but uh, you know we'll see maybe he'll get better he's gotten worse the last three years so maybe he'll get better one of these years i i think you know if you look at de young was in in the second half and he you know the offense was a lot better the second half Tommy Pham, uh, after the first month of the season, was in and obviously had a very productive year. I don't know that those guys are going to be like five war players that you can anchor your offense around, but I think they're better players um, than than two win players that you were describing, um, potentially. So, and Tommy Pham... Uh, Do you have some data for me yeah. on Tommy Pham? Yeah, I think we, we have a... Uh, a little data for Tommy Fam. Explain it to me. According to my research, 
They shot 18 times in a paint and had 32 free throws. The possibility of successfully navigating an asteroid field is approximately 3,720 to 1. Never tell me the odds. But they're not going to rook us. I have an ultimate storage capacity of 800 quadrillion bits. Take that for data. So while I was bashing on the Cardinals for being full of two war players... I did have the caveat that Tommy Pham was, in fact, a very, very productive player, as you said. So productive that he actually ranked 10th in position player war during the 2017 season. According to Fangraphs, that is, not according to Baseball Reference War. Fangraphs war, he had 5.9, which was the same number as Francisco Lindor, uh, a player widely known as a franchise cornerstone and Part of the currently best team in major leagues. Currently have a 2-0 lead in the series. Best player on the best team. Or arguably the best player. Actually, Jose Ramirez is the arguably best player. the best player. Anyway, so he had a great season. And I don't want to take away from him. But the concerning parts there are, A, can he stay healthy? B, he's already 30 years old. So, so is he just already in his prime? The whole thing with him, it took him so long to ascend through the minors and to get where he is today. And a lot of that is injuries and, you know, at some point staying healthy is a skill. But it was also his well-documented eye problems. Um, He has an eye disorder that he finally got the right contacts um, a couple years ago. Yeah, so... If you can't see, you can't hit. Okay, so so now that he can see... That's not a mark in his favor. That should be a mark against him. No, now he's fixed the eyesight thing. It was fixed we've, all of this seen, year. We've seen with these things, it can come and go. Happen to Kirby Puckett. Now, granted, that was a long time ago, so technology yeah. is different. But So when he comes up for arbitration or whatever, are you going to be comfortable throwing him a bunch of money when, A, you know he's already on the wrong side of 30, and, right. B, his health issues may not necessarily go away? And then, on top of that, he's just he's been made of glass outside of the vision stuff. Right. Well, so, he, he stayed healthy this year for the most part after they finally called him up. So that's another problem is is their current best player via war. And granted, this is only one season. My main point is it's not particularly comforting that this is this guy is supposed to be our best player. And, you know, that, that just shows you what kind of condition the Cardinals roster is in. It, it's very troubling. And I don't really care to spend too much more time on it because we're just going to go around in circles. There's no real straight fix. Well, look, I'm just going to say it's not that bad that he was our best player. And this whole idea that you need an impact bat, Tommy Pham is an impact bat. You look at his adjusted uh, runs created, park adjusted runs created. He was fifth in the NL. And all the guys, that, all the big names that you would expect were above him and right after him on that list. Guys who are impact bats. He, yeah, but all those guys with him are probably people who've done it more than once. Right. So, and then he was 15th and in the NL. Probably in either slugging. younger or who have done it multiple times. He's 15th in the NL in slugging. And I know that if that's your best slug, that's not good because there's only 15 teams in the NL. But he's, you know, he's in the category of being an impact bat. And. We know that his slash line was great. He was one of only... Look, the other players that hit over 300, 400 on base, and slugged 500, and 20-plus home runs, and 20-plus stolen bases, 
were Mike Trout, the consensus best player in baseball, and Jose Altuve, who's going to win the MVP this year. And Pham did all this in 128 games. He didn't play the first month because the organization didn't have the foresight to have him on the major league roster. I mean, the stats are all great, but my point still stands that he's only done this one year. And you don't know if he's going right. to repeat it. And so the one thing, his his bat bip was pretty high. So maybe that would come back down. I think that was like second in the NL. So maybe that comes back to earth the a little only bit. Thing that part of that is a product me, of is he just always hits the ball hard. What it comes down to is Cardinals suck. They're they not, could suck. Cause I don't they, think what are they going to do this offseason that's going to change Mo things? Mo always has something up his sleeve. What do you mean Mo always has something up his sleeve? Yeah. Other than, you know... Last year, you know what was up his sleeve. You know what was up his sleeve this past off season? Brett Cecil and Dexter Fowler. Yeah, that was that was. That's fun. the other thing. Does Fowler transition to this? There was this idea of he's this great on base guy and this great leadoff hitter, and he still got on base with good regularity. And he was injured way too much, and he is aging as well. Probably gave him too long of a contract, but that's how these things go. Yeah. So Can he transitioned into being more of like a power hitter. Especially from the left side, he had really good power numbers. And there's we have precedent enough, of we have other enough, outfielders. We have enough guys who bat two fifty and hit 20 home runs. We don't We don't need any more of those guys. We have plenty of those. Do we? He's going to get. He's, he, he's gonna hit higher than two fifty. He ended up over 260, over 265 this year. I think he if he accepts a role change, he's, he's going to have to move to one of the corner outfields anyway. Probably left. What role change? He's still going to bat towards the top of the lineup. Yeah, but maybe third or fourth instead of... First or second, and just where are you betting the lineup? Shouldn't it change what you do? Well, you would think, but the Cardinals were all over the place. The only person who was in the same spot in the lineup every day was Yadi, and he was in the wrong spot. But they just didn't have anyone better to hit fifth. So well, there's one of your problems then. Yadi's your option for fifth. That's no, but I'm sign. saying that's well for most of the year. But once Fam and DeYoung emerged, I think. Matheny should have moved him down, but he's so stubborn he didn't. Not to be completely mean, but mentioning DeYoung as, as something positive going forward, I think is a little over-optimistic. Why not? His offensive numbers he's were good for He's got the same type of profile as Grichik. Everyone got excited about Grichik when he was blasting home runs. The guy strikes out way too much and doesn't walk. Now, if he becomes like a, he was a above, if he becomes a, an above average fielding shortstop, then there's plenty of value. See, there. I think I think that's the issue. Is I think he probably is going to have to move to third. Eventually. Well, then he's not going to be a he's not going to be anything more than he's like a one point five WAR his player. Plate discipline and batting eye stand to get better. He's a rookie. He's only twenty four years old. No, they don't stand to get better if he's had those same kind of numbers in the minors. I guess. You don't just magically you know change sure you your can. approach. Well, that, well, you're you're. Plus, he's another one of these guys. How old is he? He's either twenty four or twenty five. Exactly. He's not, he's not really a rookie. Yeah. Well, no, he really was a rookie. I mean, he was a rookie, but he's one of these old cardinal rookies. Yeah. Like Alan Craig or so, Matt Carpenter. But people, you're, you're you're acting. People get major league players get better from when they're twenty five to when they're thirty. Sometimes. Usually, I would say. I'm not saying. His batted, often, his batted balls profile is not conducive to him improving. He may have already hit his peak with the year he had. Yeah, maybe he did. Maybe that's kind of like Led Mestias. So we'll see. But um, Do you have anything you want to mention about the Major League play, Baseball playoffs? Um, yeah, let's talk about that for a minute. Um, I think... I think... Well, now it's... As we 
sit here. Both of the AL series are 2-0. But before those series started, I would have had the Astros and the Indians winning. Um, I think the Indians are the best team, but I could see them. They've been so hot for like a month and a half now. I could see them maybe coming back to earth a little bit and the Astros catching them in the ALCS. I don't know if I want to put put money on the line for that, but uh, Indians or Astros, I think, will win the World Series because I don't think the World Series winner is coming from the NL. There's good teams in the NL, but they're all flawed. I don't buy into the Dodgers as much as everyone else. Uh, the scary thing is, is if a team from the NL does win, it might be the Cubs, but I don't think they'll repeat. That's pretty hard. Wildcard games are crazy, and I've they've grown on me since the first one, which was crazy as well. Um, and feel fly rule. What do you you got? Any thoughts? Major League Baseball. Players? I mean, I hope it's the Indians. Yeah, they they seem like a team to root for. I mean, they're they so have close the pitching. Last year. They yeah. have the offense. They're already up two nothing, so you're not they worried about them like great, coming out cold. Great comeback last night against the Yankees. I'll say I think I think the Yankees it's not gonna be this year, but they're close to being the Yankees again, where they're the favorite and they're I don't think so, personally. I don't think they have the pitching. Well, but the, that's the thing about being the Yankees is they look at their flaw in the offseason and they throw they some money. They haven't done that in a long time though. Because they were waiting until they had at least a core nucleus that was under team control and they have that now. Who, Sanchez and Judge? Primarily, yeah. And if you want to move on, I know Bird didn't have a good year, but I believe in Bird. Gregorius is having a good year. I know he's older, but whatever. I mean, they, you know. Anyway, so Indians. I think it'll be Indians-Dodgers. Yeah. Um, and I'm not rooting for one or the other. I'm just saying I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah. And I, I think the Diamondbacks could beat the Dodgers. That's the last... That's the last point I'll make. I think the Dimebacks are a very good team. It wouldn't shock me if they were the NL representative in the World Series. Alright. Well, we uh, have to unfortunately touch on another sore subject for both of us right Ooh. now, but it's happening, so we would be remiss if we didn't mention it. Uh, college football, our alma maters have hit some rough patches. Yeah. We're recording this on a Saturday night, and uh, the Oklahoma Sooners have shockingly lost at home to Iowa State. Down the drain goes the nation's longest winning streak. Out the door goes the possibility of being undefeated. Um, still a sliver of hope for for winning the Big 12, but uh, man, I really did not think that would be a game. Iowa State's a respectable club, but if you can't beat them at home after a bye week, um, they controlled the game in the second half. Uh, Sooners defense was not up for the challenge. It's a young defense. It's kind of banged up, but everyone was out there. They just kind of banged up and injured. Um, Sooner Nation knows this already, but supposed NFL prospect corner Jordan Thomas got picked on all day. Uh, he's he's all potential and no performance. Uh, the Iowa State star receiver, Alan Lazard, had the game-winning touchdown catch and had a big day, and they just picked on Jordan Thomas all day by throwing to Lazard. They loved that matchup. Um, man, it was a disappointing loss for the Sooners. Um, 
there were warning signs of this two weeks ago uh, at Baylor when they allowed a winless Baylor team to put up over 40 points and be within a touchdown of them. But uh, you thought after a bye week, that would be the wake-up call, bye week, get refocused, get going. That's not what happened. Um, Sooners had the lead, and the second half was just terrible. So um, not the kind of season I was envisioning for them, or at least not the uh, not where I thought we'd be midseason. So, you know, there's still still a player in the Big 12, but it's, it's tough to talk about them among the nation's elite after a game like that. So how's your alma mater doing, Mark? Well, we've lost to renowned football powerhouses, Maryland and Purdue, in back-to-back weeks. Oof. So, bad. I was, bu- I was buying the Minnesota stock you were selling me. I picked them in both of those games. So the thing here is new coach, so all of these quote-unquote smart fans, the smart fans, are saying... That P.J. Fleck doesn't care about wins and losses. He's just resetting the culture, yada, yada, yada. And that's fine, and it's pretty much true. But at the same time, could you reset the culture while simultaneously not losing to basement dwellers? Maryland, both of those teams have had moments this year. They've been better. That's fine. And that would be fine if they had actually outplayed us in those games. But the fact is they we've just sucked in both those games they've played they've crafted away both times and they just haven't played good football they haven't played good clean football the special teams are a mess and it's just annoying we we have one of the most favorable schedules in the entire country and we're just going to fart it away on either like a four win season at this at this rate because if we can't beat those two teams the rest of the schedule gets worse and we're not a national player or anything, so I'm not going to bore the listeners with too much more talk. But it's just it's just frustrating. Like, you don't know what it's like to root for a team like this. You, you don't. Are you calling me out, personally? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and most other people don't either. Think of all the teams that have been relevant somewhat since Minnesota's been like even mildly relevant. In football, I don't remember when Minnesota's been Exactly. Relevant. The Marion Barber days, did they get 10 wins? They one got of those 10 years? wins, but one of the win, the win at the end of the season was in the Sun Bowl. Big whoop. Right. So, anyway, college football in general looks like Michigan <laughs> is about to go down to Michigan State, which so least, is shocking to me personally. At home, at Michigan. At least rivalry game, though. At least Oklahoma won't be the only top 10 team to lose. This week, uh, everyone. I else would like to point out how I was correct serve. about Clemson and how good their defense is, Clemson. and how they're. It's going to be them versus Bama probably in the championship for part three. I'm not ready to go that far yet, but I will admit I was wrong about counting Clemson as a. I don't think I said pretender, but I wasn't sure they would make the college football playoff. They're definitely going to make it there. I think the Big Twelve's in trouble right. with a. a yeah, big, I don't think Big Twelve unless TCU the Big Ten could in. turn into quite a. Disgusting. That's still interesting. Penn State looks really good. Ohio State won big today, although they've Ohio State's had an easy schedule since their loss uh, against Oklahoma. Yeah, but those teams could end up eating each other up. They could. Um, so here, listen to this. Imagine a world where Alabama plays Georgia in the SEC Championship, that, and they're both undefeated. So Georgia is the team I'm buying all their stock right now. I think they might be the... Now, I, I will say that I don't think that they've played anyone... They, 
they won at Notre Dame. Notre Dame's only lost so far. How good is Notre Dame? They're not sure, okay, a decent, a good win. So far, seeing it how it was on the road, yes. And they beat. Um, depends on what you think of Mississippi State. Yeah, so I wasn't when I said who have they beaten. I wasn't necessarily saying like they haven't beaten anyone. I was just saying like who have they beaten because I couldn't remember all their schedule. <laughs> oh, you were actually asking. And then they went last week, so they won this week against Vanderbilt. Who's their margins have been impressive. And they killed Tennessee at Tennessee. That's what I'm saying. So imagine a world where those two teams undefeated going oh, in. I'm, I'm, not, you, I'm expecting that world right now. So is that the 1-4? Are they going to rematch in the first I round of the playoff? That That's what's most interesting to me. Is Let's say Bama wins, because I think we would all expect that. Although I think Georgia's very good. But Saban hasn't lost to one of his protégés in forever. So whatever. Alabama hasn't lost that SEC title game in forever. Okay. Now... Does that make Georgia the four because they will have been the most recent team to lose and they will have one loss in Alabama's Although the I one. could see the committee putting them at three and being I, like, oh, their only loss was to number one. So Right, yeah. The committee we're still we still don't have enough years to know the kind of the precedent like we had kind of developed with the BCS, even though it was computers. Um, but I, I, I do think that the committee in that scenario they would put Georgia and Alabama both in. They would want to at least. No, but now would in, they match them up? In this again? discussion, we have to talk about who who else is. It depends on the Pac-12. I think is kind of the wild card. Is Washington? Well, and Big Ten. I'm, yeah. In in this scenario, I'm assuming the Big Ten cannibalizes itself. They all have one loss. Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Wisconsin. I don't know who they play in crossovers. Wisconsin's. It's they don't play it. They don't play with Ohio State or Penn State or Michigan. But now Michigan State looks like they could at least be a team that gives Wisconsin a game, at least. No? They're beating Michigan at Michigan. Granted, it looks like a monsoon there in Ann Arbor. Oh, Michigan player just dropped the ball. All right, well, we don't want to do play-by-play. but um, I don't. I think I think Washington's going to be undefeated, so I think they're going to be in the play. But I, at this point, I thought that last year, and they had the hiccup against USC, who they don't play this year, but, you know, conference hiccups happen. Like, you know, Clemson lost to Pitt last year. You know, it's just one of those things. Ohio State okay. lost to Penn State. Well, even if that, everyone's going to have that quote unquote hiccup except for Bama. Right. Right. And so, I, I, let's get back to Georgia. Georgia, like I said, I'm buying all their stock. There's like a lot of history in the last 15 to 20 years in college football of second year coaches, like taking a team that's like preseason 15 or so, 10 to 20, and making a leap with that team. They ha- still have some of the previous coaches, players, and, you know, like, Georgia, they might just be having kind of one of those banner years that, that Power 5 schools have from time to time. Well, it helps that they play in the absolute poo-poo platter that is the SEC. Yeah, East. they still have to play Florida, who I think Florida lost today to LSU by a point. So, you know, Florida, good defense. Uh, Georgia has a good defense, and Georgia has a great running game. And their freshman quarterbacks playing well. I, I I'm just buying Georgia stock right now, um, but yeah, it would be interesting to see if they're undefeated and they play Alabama, how that would shake out. Um, I think they both teams would still get in, uh, and then uh, Clemson. You're right, Clemson looks like a the real deal, um, and you know I think the only wild cards are the Pac-12, and which is probably Washington. And like you said, uh, the Big Ten. Will they cannibalize themselves? Can Penn State get out of there? 
Penn State's looked pretty good so far. They have a scare with Iowa, but they... They're going to the shoe, man. Right. And that's... We talked about this. I think Ohio State really wants revenge in that game. Well, and right now, Ohio State doesn't have any marks against them as far as conference. I mean, their losses right. in non-conference, so, they, so... They have the insights. Well, they control their own destiny for going the big to the championship game. Yeah. And so does Penn State. And Wisconsin. Um... But yeah, college football, man. We are on our last pod. You know, after week two, we thought we had some things figured out, and it just always gets turned on its head. And you, in this case, it's purely Oklahoma losing and pooping the bed. But uh, it'll be fun. Love college football. I mean, I still, yeah, I still love it. As depressing as it is for my team, sometimes there's just there's so much to love about college football. You never know what's going to happen. You never know when David's going to beat Goliath. You never know when a program's going to rise up and and you know take the take the reins and change their destiny in any given season. Washington, Washington State, Washington State, Washington might be a State, a, a, a laughing stock. They went like two and thirty-four in like a three-year span. They called it the Crapple Bowl, in or the Crapple Cup. Sorry, in recent years, because both teams, there was one year where both teams went into the Apple Cup zero and eleven. No. Yeah. This century? within the last seven years or so, yeah. And now look at them; they're both top fifteen they could teams. Both be undefeated going yeah. into that game. So I just love college football, even though it's kind of depressing me for my own team's purposes. All right. So what about college basketball? We're approaching, somehow, we're already approaching opening tip-off, which is insane. And judging by the fact that the three things you need to live are oxygen, sweets, and college basketball, there has to be some sort of, there has to be something you want to say about college basketball. Well, I mean, the big thing is the the FBI investigation that broke out um, a couple weeks ago now that implicating a lot of big schools and a lot of assistant coaches and Adidas and Nike and some other shoe brands and a lot of agents ultimately cost Rick Pitino his job at Louisville, one of the best college basketball coaches of all time. Look, this is one of those things everyone knew. One of the slimiest basketball college basketball uh, coaches. He didn't know anything, Mark. He didn't. He he was shocked. He was shocked. They, uh, one of those things, everyone knew this stuff was going on. Some of it is even kind of gray area for breaking NCAA rules, but most of it's not, but let me be clear. But, uh, um, it was, the big surprise was that the FBI got involved because the NCAA never had the, the clout to actually hand out punishments for some of this stuff. But, uh, when the FBI gets involved and they've got hidden cameras and wires on some of these guys. So it's going to be interesting to see if there's any big fallout as far as are some of these high school prospects not going to end up in college because they're going to not, because if this stuff gets clamped down and they're looking for pay right away, they go play overseas. I think you're going to see a lot of high school players play in the D league uh, or the G league as it's called now, or maybe the NBA will change its rule and allow high schoolers to play again. And uh, we'll see which schools get hit the hardest. Obviously, Louisville got hit pretty hard. 
Um, Arizona's one of their assistants, I believe, has been implicated, and they're a very potentially very good team this year. Probably will be preseason number one. They don't want to deal with any uh, punishments this year, certainly, really ever. But it'll be interesting. Did Did you have any thoughts after the news broke that the FBI got involved? Not really. It's kind of like what happened in Major League Baseball in the mid-2000s where the federal government gets involved and then you see some actual action because the leagues don't care because they're making so much money that they kind of, whatever would stop them from making money, they're obviously not going to be in favor of. And any sort of widespread scandal that shows up in the NCAA is bad for their reputation. They think that'll hurt TV ratings and that'll hurt their money flow. So... It's tricky because everyone always says everyone's doing it. You just don't know. And we want to some be people do it better than others, and they don't get caught. We want to be clear. You're right. That's what everyone says. We know not every, literally every team is doing it, but say, you know, I don't even know if it's a majority, but it's probably it's a big chunk of schools that, especially the big schools that are doing it. It's just frustrating to me because they need to figure it out. Like, I'm not super passionate about it, but the way I see it. And I know people won't agree, and there's a huge, there's a big deal about the amount of money that the universities make and the NCAA makes and all that jazz, but I just feel like the players get fairly compensated with their tuition and room and board and all that, and some people say, oh, well, the schools are making so much more money, yada, yada, yada. If that's how they feel, then we need to make another entity that takes the people who think that they're too good to be playing at school but aren't quite ready for the NBA or the NFL. Oh, you mean like a minor league? I guess they have that now with the G League, but it's still developing. Yeah, so, and then the The NCAA NCAA won't be making money hand over fist because the TV contracts they get won't be as good because it'll be, you know, fifth-rate players. Yeah, They just need to figure that out. I... I, if someone is breaking a rule that exists, I say they should be in trouble for it, whomever it is. And then the way I see it with this widespread thing is punish all the people who got caught, whoever it may be, do whatever you have to do, and continue to, and then we'll move on from it. Um, everyone's claiming that this is going to change everything, and, and it'll lead to pay, players getting paid. And if that happens, so be it. But I'm just kind of indifferent towards the whole thing. Now, if all of a sudden my coach is being dragged into the mud, then it gets a little interesting. Oh, you mean the son of the guy that's yeah. primarily been I mean, I don't know so what having sharing blood has to do with anything. Hey, he was an assistant under his dad for a while. For one year. Because he, he didn't want to just do it from his dad. So he went to be an assistant with Billy Donovan, who's now in the Who NBA. was a disciple of Rick Pitino. Yeah, but it's more. It's not necessarily about where you learned your coaching tactics, as it is when you were an assistant and where you were an assistant. Or because uh, all learned the assistants your, are the ones who are getting in trouble with this right or now. Or besides where you, Patino, where you learned your morals and ethics from, like say growing up, like from your father. Well, we haven't had any steakhouse bathroom sex scandals yet from Richard. <laughs> so so far, I'm holding out hope that he's not quite like his dad. But anyway, any other overlying thoughts or maybe something you're excited about less depressing than the scandals? Well, it's, it's a shame because I completely agree with you on what you said about uh, college athletes being compensated and we could have a good 
debate about it because that seems to be a hot topic and a lot of people apparently disagree with us based on what I see on from media members and, and whatnot. But, um, and that wouldn't have fixed, like if these players, players were getting paid uh, and it's very up, it's very debatable what, how they would get compensated, uh, if they got paid, if the, whatever, that wouldn't necessarily have stopped this because who's to say that they wouldn't have taken money under the table. Look, they're getting paid. Okay. That means if someone approaches them about paying them under the table, they wouldn't take that. No, that's, you know, some of these guys would take money any way they could get it. So it's, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I agree with pretty much everything you said. Um, as far as on the court, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see Mizzou now. I know we've talked about them a little bit, but see how good the Porter brothers really are. They've got a pretty good game. Uh, their first game of the year, they play um, Iowa State at home. Uh, and that should, should be a good game right off the bat to see you know what uh, what the Porter brothers are made of what uh, Mizzou's going to look like under Quanzo I am compliance Martin and uh, yeah I'm, I'm always excited for college basketball so it's tough for me to pinpoint one or two things I, I don't think this will hang a cloud over the whole season no I mean people will still go on business as usual which is fine because we love what business. what is there to do I mean lock up every single coach who's ever paid someone under the table. The other thing I want to say about it is it's shocking to me because now I'm thinking about who's been implicated in it. Some of these schools don't have guys. They've gotten big time recruits, but like some of these guys, it's shocking to me that the shoe companies would get involved because they aren't going to be for sure. A, they're not even going to be for sure NBA players, let alone players in the NBA who are garnering shoe deals. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't get that either. It was kind of weird, but but it is what it is. Yeah, I guess that's the way the business goes. They just go in on as many guys as they can, knowing that some of them will have to pan out. Anyway, on to the main subject of this podcast. We are a mere, what, 10 days away from uh, NBA opening tip? NBA never sleeps. Yeah, they moved to start date up a little earlier this year because they want to dominate the calendar as they successfully have so well, far in 2017. no, they move it up because they don't want as many back-to-backs yeah, oh, that's three right. and four nights. And that's actually very smart. Short no, the off-season. Right. Two weeks. Two weeks changes completely changes the schedule. Yep. And we don't have to wait around as long. So it's a win-win for everyone. I think it's a win for Fantastic. Everybody. Yep. I can't wait to watch my Timberwolves take on the Spurs. On ESPN. Is that the opening game? Uh, I think it's the second one because I assume the Cavs or the Warriors are involved in the first one. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, the first game for those teams. Yeah. Do you know uh, my Thunder, they play the Knicks the first game. Do you know who's not on the Knicks anymore? Carmelo Anthony. Oh, I was going to say Oakley. Oak- Oakley is not. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Oak- Charles Oakley is not on the Knicks anymore. Um but uh, Carmelo, he's 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 with the Thunder now because they traded Enos Cantor for him. So it's funny you should mention that because that'll lead us right into the sauna. It's like a sauna in here. That Hansel's so hot right now. Coming out of me like lava. Hansel, so hot right now. Hansel. And I'm springing this on Ross. He doesn't know what I'm gonna 
say the song is because yeah. I know this will he's, blow his mind. He's confident we'll be on different sides of the argument, though, whatever it is. But my hot take is that the Timberwolves will have a better record than the Oklahoma City Thunder. What? No way. I, I'm I'm the Timberwolves are gonna be good this year. I like what they did in the offseason. I think they almost did a little too much getting rid of Rubio and getting Teague. And you wonder how the team's gonna hold up under notorious player runner downer Tom Thibodeau. But there's no way they're better than the Thunder. Maybe if the Thunder had No, actually I'm not even gonna say that. The Thunder got Paul George. He's Paul George and Russell Westbrook are both better than, well, I, I guess Towns could be really, really good this year. But George is better than Jimmy Butler. The Thunder got a better player there. Oh, he is. Yeah. Not according to every advanced statistic. Well, according to my statistic. Oh. Who's the best two-way player? Is that so? Butler's great. But the, the Thunder, the Thunder's main deficiency not their main deficiency but the glaring deficiency last year was secondary scoring outside of Westbrook obviously Carmelo and George can both do that and Thunder had the worst three-point percentage last year in the NBA and they were particularly bad at spot-up jumpers from three abnormally bad because they were worse at spot-up jumpers than they were other type of three-point shots uh, off the dribble runners uh, things of that nature and both Carmelo and Paul George have pretty good spot-up shooting numbers from three, and both of their career percentages are were vastly better than the Thunders. The Thunder were shooting something like 30.6% from spot-up threes, way below the league average. Um, like I said, worse than their other type of three-point shots. And uh Carmelo and Paul George are both like over 35% in those areas. Neither of those are like great numbers, but it's just going to well up it's going to fix the the leak in the Thunder offense. Uh obviously Westbrook can create a lot of offense and dish it out. Uh a lot of secondary scoring from both of those guys. They have a three-headed monster now on offense. And their rebounding is going to take a hit having traded Cantor, but and they were one of the best rebounding teams in the NBA the last few years. So it can take a little bit of a hit. And George is a good defender. They still have Roberson playing defense. Um, you know, Carmelo's defense isn't great, but they the Thunder are great. I, getting George and Carmelo, I think they have a really good shot at being the number two seed in the West. So here's your problem. A, you have three people who are extremely ball dominant. B, one of said three people has to completely adjust his game that he's been playing for the last two years. That would be Russell Westbrook. To make this roster work. C, you have a coach who runs the clogged toilet offense. But that's he had and, to last year. And he has three guys who love ISO. So that's, that it doesn't just because you throw three studs together doesn't mean it automatically magically works. Just because the Heat were able to do it you know what had to happen there? Bosch completely gave up a ton of usage and a ton of touches. He completely negated himself to third banana immediately. And then Wade and LeBron, you know, had to figure their stuff out. And Wade had to kindly, finally, you know, kind of admit that he wasn't the one. He was the two. And that took a while. That took like a season and a half. It took way longer than it should have, yeah. And uh, I'm sorry, but... 
the egos on these the three that we're talking about are uh, troublesome when it comes to giving it up. Uh, I think Melo just wanted out of New York so bad that he finally said, oh, well, this team's got two good players, so maybe... Yeah. And then here's another thing. Carmelo's not good anymore. I'm sorry. I'm just going to say he, it. He can still score. I mean, that, that that's not what the Thunder need, though. Yeah, I guess you could make that argument, but... I don't know. He's not going to be bad. Here's why I said... It's going to help that he's not here's the why main I said my focus of the opposing defenses. The Timberwolves... We're in dire need of some defense. And Jimmy Butler is a fantastic defender. He's also a very good offensive player, too. Yeah. He's actually rated more highly than any of the three you mentioned in real plus minus last year. He was seventh in the league, whereas Russell Westbrook was ninth. Just because you take a million shots a game and average a triple-double doesn't mean that you're a really good player. I'm concerned by this metric if it doesn't have Paul George in the top 10. Why? Because he's awesome. What has Paul George done exactly? Um, He was on two teams, two Pacer teams that made the Eastern Conference Finals and lost to Who did they beat in the Eastern Conference playoffs? Um, I should know. Because then when he finally faced, you know, a legitimate player, they lost. They, they, ooh, they, they took them to X number of games, but they still lost. Yeah, they were playing LeBron, who you think is God on earth, so in his prime. The thing about those teams, though, is Paul George, he was definitely their best player, and he was taking on the challenge of guarding LeBron most of the time. But he wasn't necessarily, I mean, he may have ended up being the guy that took the most shots or was the leading scorer. But it's not like he was this ball-dominant offensive guy like you're describing. I think Paul George is very comfortable being a number two or number three option because he knows he can impact the game in other ways outside of just taking shots and scoring. And to We just don't have any proof of that. And he's also no, been I, a those bad Pacers team. teams are proof of he that. He threw a lot of he, guys under the bus later, late in his Pacer with career. The he team was, not being his as good. His body language was really bad. Oh. I just, I think that this transition for the Thunder is going to be a lot worse than you think. I'm not saying they're going to be great right away, but they'll be great by the end of the season. I think that the fit is better at the Timberwolves. Jimmy Butler is extremely comfortable with Thibs. What I think that the young guys, Towns is going to make the leap. Not that he already he made the leap the he's, last yeah. thirty games of last. He's season. the best big man in basketball. I think he's gonna make the 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 full season leap, and the guys are gonna understand their roles on this team. Okay, Taj Gibson knows what his role is. Yeah. Jeff Teague knows what his role is. What, what about Jeff Teague though? What is he? You talking about this great fit, and he's been the point guard on good teams before with the Hawks. But is he gonna? I mean, he kind of needs. To, he's you would still kind of almost call him more of a dribble first or look for his own first type of point guard than he's never put up these big assist numbers. He's got all these weapons around him and guys that need the ball, Towns, Butler, Wiggins. How is, you know, I'm not sure he's the ideal point guard uh, for that team. He's, I'm not going to call him a great NBA player, but he's a... He's soft. He's a, yeah, he's a reasonable piece. And we have more depth than than we've had before. Yeah. Which was a huge problem. Yeah. And I just think overall the team's going to play defense at all times. They actually haven't had much problem scoring the ball the last two or three seasons. 
on a, a offensive rating basis, so per 100 possessions. The biggest problem has been they haven't been able to get stops. And I think Jimmy Butler is going to completely change how they play defense. So, but you were talking about the Thunder not meshing right away. The Timberwolves have big pieces to put all together. I know you're saying Butler's at least played for Thibs before, but Butler, Teague are mesh, trying to mesh with younger guys that are still kind of new to the coach. I just, I just think that they know the roles. There's not that. The thing is, the three guys that you have all think that they're a top five player in the NBA. The, the one thing I'll say... And they're not. I don't think... I think Melo's... I don't think he does. Fun. I think he's mellowed out a little bit. I think he knows... I don't think so, man. And look, you know, I know this has been brought up ad nauseum, but he, he on Team USA, he got a lot of shots, granted, but he was playing with other star players and it wasn't an issue. He... I think he's accepted that he's gonna that it's Russell Westbrook's team, and he's aging, and he's just gonna be there to kind of add scoring. I think Paul George has played on other teams where he wasn't the overwhelming focal point of the offense, and I think Russell Westbrook, now that he had his MVP year and his triple double year, setting the record, I think he's gonna be fine. Not pounding the rock every single possession because I, I don't think Westbrook he it's it's in his nature he likes doing that but I think he went even beyond his comfort zone with how much his usage rate went up last year I think he's more than comfortable kind of bringing that back to a, kind of a normal rate and, and getting George and Anthony involved well it was a hot take for a reason I just think the transition for the Timberwolves is going to be easier I think Timberwolves have a better coach and I think in this case, it's going to help that two of their top four or five players are younger guys, fresher legs. I think Westbrook put a lot of mileage on his body last year, and that could come back to haunt him this year because, yeah, granted, they didn't make much of a playoff run, so you didn't have to worry about any extra games. But I just I think Melo's not that great. He, sure, he can score, but beyond that, I don't think he's – a super useful player and the advanced metrics bear that out. Also the first time we're going to see him. And I also don't think the Thunder have any bench at all. They don't have a bench. You you need a bench because that has been the Timberwolves biggest issue is that when they put their bench unit out there, they just get mopped off the floor. The reason the, one of the reasons why the Golden State Warriors do what they do is because their bench, they can bring freaking Andre Iguodala yep. off the bench. They can, they can bring off these guys who know how to play defense. They aren't absolutely atrocious scoring the ball, and they, they can hold down the fort for big chunks of the game to let Curry, Durant, Green get their rest. And they can also blend these lineups. They can right. bring in Green. Right. Green helps with the defense, with the bench, that's and then gonna they help. hold down the fort. And both so, of these teams we're talking about, that's going to help. The Timberwolves now can stagger the Wiggins and Butler minutes, and Towns be out there for with at least one of them at pretty much all times. And then the Thunder now, the Thunder were abysmal when Westbrook went to the bench last year. Now Paul George can kind of. You know, handle the ball. They can run the offense through Mello. They'll they'll be fine. And really, they don't have to play Mello and George together all that much because they kind of play similar positions. Although George is more of a wing and Mello's kind of morphing into this uh, four position. But um, you're talking about chemistry. What about Wiggins now finally signed the big contract? What do you think about that? And does it? 
I mean, I don't think this is how Towns is wired, but is there some jealousy there where Towns is better, but Wiggins is a little bit older, so he got paid earlier. Now Towns feels like he's got to get a max because Wiggins got a max. Do you see any you concerned about that at all? No. Okay. I fair. think the play. I was kind of just. I think I think both of them are thinking up. we need to get into the playoffs before we start worrying too much about any of that other stuff. Well, obviously, Wiggins worried about it a little bit before the playoffs, but he he. Well, he was going to sign it if it got offered, and it got offered, so he accepted. Yeah, it. yeah. He wasn't going to turn it down, thinking, "Oh, I'm going to get more money." He, they offered him the max money, so he was going to take it. Right, right. Uh, uh, I don't think that hurts him at all. So you think the Timberwolves will finish higher in the standings? Will be a higher yeah, seed in the playoffs? Yeah, why not? I, I like my reasons. I think your bench stinks. I think your coach is not that good. And I just don't think Melo is going to be this huge help that everyone seems to think. It's a big th- Everyone's saying it's a big three. But I guess, I guess I just like the Timberwolves' big three better. I think Jimmy Butler is really underrated. So you think Wiggins is more of a... Is a better I like player, Wiggins more of a help to the team. I like Anthony. Wiggins' potential Carmelo for the 2017-2018 season more than I like what Carmelo Anthony is going to add to the Thunder. Okay, yeah, it's, I mean, I think that's a bold statement in itself, but I, I can kind of see where you're coming from. Um, I th- in my world, we could be seeing this as a first-round matchup because I think the Thunder might be like the three seed, and the Timberwolves might be something like the six, five, six, seven. I would be perfectly fine with the six seed. Just because that means you avoid the one seed until the finals. So anyway, do you kind of get away from our teams, well, or including our teams, but just what what are your general thoughts? What do you on, want on NBA in general? I mean, we're coming close to tip here. Yeah, we've what's we've kept up on? with it pretty good in the off season and touched on everything. We touched on the Kyrie trade. Are you prepared to make a rundown of the? Western Conference standings, who the, your eight playoff teams are, and what order? Sure. Okay. Do you want me to go first? <laughs> I can go. Which conference you want? I say we do the West. I mean, we can do the East if you want, but it's the East is Warriors, Rockets, Spurs, Wolves, Thunder, Oof. Nuggets. Jazz. You have the Jazz in the playoffs, right? Yeah. What what was that you just said? Jazz were eight or seven? Seven. Oh, never mind. Clippers? Clippers at six, Nuggets seven, Jazz eight. Okay. No Portland in the playoffs? No. Jazz who don't have Hayward, who may have... I don't know if you saw today, may have lost Dante Exum for the year. Not worried about that. But you have your boy Ricky Rubio, and they have the Stifle Tower. I like their bench. I like their defense. They. I like the fact that they play at altitude. Bench played really well last year. They had a good year just in general last year, obviously. Uh, I'm not sure I'm going to have the Jazz in, the, in my playoff picture. I'm going to go Golden State 1. Um... You know, as far as standings, I think I might put the Rockets two. Although I don't think they're better than the Spurs or Thunder, but I think regular season wins. Uh, they'll finish second in the standings in the West. 
uh, going into the playoffs. I'll have the Spurs three and the Thunder four, which I don't like because then that would mean the Thunder would have to play the Warriors in the second round, but you're probably going to have to play them anyway. I'll have the Clippers five, the Timberwolves six, Am I forgetting anyone? I guess Denver 7 and Portland 8. So no Memphis. I don't have any faith in Portland. The thing about Portland is they're pretty much the same team as last year. So, you know, all these other teams have like big moves to get excited about and made additions, and they didn't. But they were very good last year after they traded for Nurkic. Uh, But then he got hurt in the playoffs, and... Um, and we don't know if he's going to recover from that injury. Right. And we haven't seen him put together, other than when he got traded from Portland, he put together about 30, 35 games that were great. But outside of that, he hasn't really done anything. He didn't get much of an opportunity. Well, the team that we both admitted was the Pelicans. Right. And they're the wild card. They're the team that, I mean, if they figure out their who they are and what they need to do, they... I don't think they're the wild card. I think they have a ceiling of like 45 wins because... I, I like that they're going against the They have the two grain. great players, but then the rest is an absolute yeah. atrocity. You still, basketball. Got, you still got Drew Holiday. They picked up Tony Allen, who... I mean, if he's starting, that's a problem. But if he's coming off the bench as a defensive stopper... Well, how old is he now? He's old. Like 50? He's 30... He's going to be 36 at some point this year. They picked up Rondo, who I like, but you know, how does he fit with that group? Is questionable. Ian Clark, who had some good minutes off of the bench for the Warriors, but was that just from being in that great ecosystem? Um, yeah, the bench bench isn't good. Who's their rookie? I guess they didn't really have a high draft pick. Oh, yeah, that's right, because they had traded it for Cousins. Um, I like that they're going against the grain, though. I like they're going big, and Cousins and Davis are the modern-day bigs that they're, you know, they're still mobile. Of course, Cousins doesn't play a lick of defense, which is an issue. And Davis is a very good defender. He can make up for a lot of mistakes, but I don't know if he can do it with Cousins out there on the floor at the same time. I I think they're they're the team out of the teams that I left out of the playoffs. I think they're the most likely to sneak in there more than the Jazz or anyone else, Memphis or anyone. Um, Memphis is just, I don't know. Their best players can't stay healthy. Yeah, they're getting old, and they just there's not much depth there. I was ready they to have too much money in three players. I was ready. Yeah, that Conley contract. I mean, he's great, but that that contract was dumb. I was ready to count them out last year, though, and they they got in there and they pushed. Did they push the Spurs to seven in that first round? They made it a series last year. Yeah, I don't think so. It was six then. They won a couple games. I thought they only won one game. They won a couple. And, and they, I'm pretty sure Pop rested like six guys. Okay, in the East, is there any any team to look out for? I mean, we know Boston and Cleveland. I have Boston ahead of Cleveland. I think you still have Cleveland ahead of Boston. But No, you, not necessarily. I mean, if Cleveland wanted to get the one seed, they could. That's just not their goal. Right. So I guess if we're talking about standings going into the playoffs, you you might have Boston ahead. I like Washington, but they didn't really do anything to get better. 
They'll be, what, the four seed? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if Milwaukee's going to be the three seed, but Milwaukee definitely has the most potential. The Raptors are still good. They held held serve this offseason, but they uh, they just look so bad in the playoffs. There's always one team in the top four that you didn't expect, I feel like. Who could that be out of the East? Because I think five through, like, 12 is just a mesh, and then there's the couple teams tanking at the very bottom. I think Charlotte could be a little bit of a surprise. I think, you know, uh, Batum is going to be hurt going into the year, and that hurts. I think Kemba is very good. I think Dwight Howard, you know, okay, he's not what he was before, but I think he can help them with some defense on the back end. I think they added Michael Carter-Williams and drafted Malik Monk. I think those two can kind of be good in the backcourt off the bench when, when Kemba's getting a rest. I think they might be the team that kind of sneaks back into the playoffs. They missed it last year. Miami, maybe. They were so good at the end of the last year. Maybe they sneak up there again. They got everyone back from that team. I don't see them as a top four team. I mean, they could definitely No, not four. Five or six. Because once, once you have Cleveland, Boston, we agree Milwaukee's going to be in the top four or five, right? And then Toronto and Washington. That's your five. I. Yeah. I guess Milwaukee is going to be the quote-unquote surprise team of the top four. I think everyone sees it coming, though. And they were sixth seed last year. Yeah, that's year. why, in quote, I think there's a little more interest in the East now that the Celtics think that they're the bee's knees and they're just going to take the one seed. Or a lot of people seem to think that they're just going to cakewalk the one seed. I'll be interested to see if any of those teams decide to make a in-season move hypothetically something that's been thrown around is somehow the Wizards make a run at getting Cousins if it doesn't work out with the Pelicans. Ooh, I haven't seen that. Okay. Just because Wall and Cousins, I guess, are friends. From their Not Kentucky that, days. I, I don't, these rumors, you know, come out of nothing. Just people bored and they're like, oh, well, they're friends. Uh, well, you they'll know. They'll play together. Like, they don't have the pieces to trade to acquire and unless they gave up Porter. Who they just... Gave a max deal to. So I, I, who, you know, the thing would be is it doesn't matter if these guys are friends. It's if, do they have the same agents? Because then. And I don't, I'm not, I not look up enough I don't agent think, information. I don't, but I don't think they do. I'm um, just saying out of the top five or six teams in the East, I feel like someone's going to make a big splash midseason to the, make like a, a big final push because they think, oh, the East is wide open, even though it's really not. Until proven otherwise, it's LeBron. Yeah. I think Boston's the only team that can really bring them down. And I still think they're kidding themselves. I know I'm one of the few people who continues to say this. I think Kyrie Irving is vastly overrated. I think he's slightly I swear, overrated. people have built this like huge reputation of him up on that one final shot. Like He had a good fight, not necessarily this past finals, but that not year. Not in the games that they lost. That they want, yeah. LeBron was consistently their best player. Yeah, no one's saying he's better than LeBron. Maybe he thinks that, but he also thinks the Earth's flat. He doesn't really think the Earth's flat. But I just think Kyrie's so overrated. Yeah, I think he's slightly overrated. High usage, high volume, uh, never, never good at defense. Never good at defense. Uh, I'm just curious to see how it'll work out with this Celtics team because I. The thing I is, touched on the last podcast we did. I touched on this. I think that their defense is is not going to be that good. 
I don't think that they're going to be a good defensive team. That's fair. Yeah. Um, the big question in the East, the most interesting thing in the East might be, you have to ask yourself, do you trust the process? Do you think the Sixers will make the playoffs? No. You don't think they'll make the playoffs in the East where it could be like 39 wins that makes the playoffs? Okay, makes the playoffs, I will go with a strong maybe. <laughs> okay. Their supposed franchise player can't stay healthy. They're yeah. already issues are already coming up with his health. Yeah. There's wait when wait, you have when you wait have, are we talking about Embiid or Simmons? Yes, <laughs> both Embiid though, right? When yeah. you have over unders being thrown out about how many combined games your supposed best three players will play, you know you're in I, trouble. I can get action on that in Vegas. I believe so. Yeah, yeah you Simmons, can. Fultz, and Embiid, and Fultz has injury issues already as well. Yeah, <laughs> I so, think. I think the Redick signing is good for them. He's kind of just what they needed. Veteran presence, guy that could just space the floor. I don't know. I, I think they've got a good top seven or eight rotation. But uh, but they really don't. If Embiid I gets hurt, who's, who's playing player. center for them? Well, you could argue that they could trot Saric and Simmons out there as their two big guys. And they get pushed around down low, but just they could probably guard opposing well, who's teams. shooting on the team then? Well, what do you mean shooting? Redick will still be out there. Saric, Fultz. <laughs> like I said, I do not trust the process. Now, granted, like you said, the East is so bad that sure, they could make the playoffs. But yeah, I have them as a fringe playoff. They'll be like I'm, seven, I'm eight, so skeptical of them. I, Embiid, if he gets hurt, I still, I know I'm the last person on this island. I still think Julio Okafor can be a good NBA player. Now whether that wait he's still on the come, roster I'm yeah, shocked right now whether that'll come in Philly or his feet are made of concrete is the problem at least on defense yeah I don't know that he'll ever be a good defender in the NBA but I think if teams made him a point of their offense I think he would do damage uh, but I, that's just not the game that's being played right now but see I that's sometimes going against the grain is a good thing because then the other teams... only if you have the next LeBron. I mean, in this case, I'm not saying literally the next LeBron, but only if the guy, only if you're giving it to like young Shaq. I, I'm sorry, I, don't, I just don't think Okafor's his offense. He's is not going. young Shaq, but I, I think he could do some things on offense because other teams won't have the defenders to. Yeah, but he'll get torched by any kind of big man, especially a big man who can stretch the floor. Right. Who has the best chance of taking down the Warriors? Is it one of those teams in the East? Is it the best chance? I mean, let's not go over what are the things that would have to happen to the Warriors to make them even vulnerable, like what kind of combination of injuries or Steve Kerr. There doesn't have to be a combination of anything. If Isaiah Thomas is healthy, the Cavaliers can beat him. Do you think Isaiah is... The key factor in that? No, I just think they could have beat him last they year. They just need to be at full. Kyle strength. Korver makes a corner three. You're you're two two going back to Oakland. Yeah, but did you see how those games unfolded? The only game they won in that series, they could have won three, and they didn't. You're right; it was close, but they didn't execute as well as the Warriors down the stretch. Game four, the only game they won was a total circus by all accounts. It was. They won by a sizable margin or a respectable margin, okay. But it was there were things going on in that game that people hadn't seen before in a finals game. I mean, quite frankly, it was 
Ringling Brothers, Barnum and Bailey for sure. But <laughs> that's no, the honestly, only game. That's the only game that, the Warriors lost in the whole. I think it helps because they kind of beefed up their depth a little bit. They're a little deeper than they Grant, were last year. Some of this depth is Derrick Rose, and I th- that's a hell of a lot better than what they were working with last year at backup point. Who was yeah, the backup point? Yeah, I'm saying, but is he going to be there when it counts, or is he going to be sidelined? Well, once Isaiah takes over a majority of the minutes later on in the season, maybe maybe he won't get hurt. Maybe he will be available for 15 minutes off the bench. Nic- and Nic- Derrick Rose, for 15 minutes, there's a lot worse you could do. Yeah. The Crowder addition will help. He can guard a lot of those Warriors guys. What about this idea that's being thrown around about Love playing the five and bringing what do you mean the idea? The that's what they're doing. They're all in on it? Are you all in on it? Are you kidding me? He could go back to Timberwolves numbers without, without, that, Irving, oh, you mean without Tim- Irving taking a ton of touches. You mean those Timberwolves teams that didn't make the playoffs? Yeah, but they have LeBron. The best player that Kevin Love played with in Minnesota was a Rubio. young Rubio who was still developing. So I worry about Thompson's psyche. He's dating a Kardashian after all. If he's not starting, and I, I don't think he was the problem. I don't think he, he was cares. the problem against getting, the Warriors. He's getting but, paid. Why, yeah. why would he care about that? I don't know. You just don't want him checking out. They need him. I, I know he wasn't a help against the Warriors, but... In the rest of the season, they need him. He's their best rebound. Well, he's a crucial rebounder for them because LeBron and Love are the only other guys that can rebound at all. He's a crucial defender. How blind, is Love going to be It the, could be blind faith in LeBron, but until I'm proven wrong on it, I'm going to keep going with that. And it happened once. They beat him once. I think they could do it again. Now, I know Durant wasn't there the last time, but... Crazier, I think crazier things have happened. Now I wouldn't necessarily go out and put a hundred bucks on it in Vegas, but I you asked me who has the best chance yeah. of beating the yeah. Warriors, and I still think it's the Cavs at full strength. Yeah, I guess that's a good answer. I'm still. I don't not... think it's the Rockets. I don't think they have enough beyond no. Paul and Harden. I'm, I'm not really buying a lot of Rockets stock. I mean, because I still need to see a series where Harden like truly takes over and asserts himself as a top five player, as good as he's been the last three years. I need to see it in the playoffs. He's kind of wilted when called upon. You know who's wilted in the playoffs when called upon? Chris Paul, who's now his teammate. Yeah, but I would argue that Harden's still the more important of the two because he's younger. He'll probably play more minutes. Yeah. Um, I You may not buy the Thunder overall, but I think they have a team that can kind of match up with the Warriors. I mean, as well as anyone else. they not as deep, obviously, and their defense might not be good enough, but they can get into games where they're where it's just a high-scoring game, and they'll be comfortable with that. Well, yeah, I mean, they're You're not gonna certainly win four not nearly as deep. Yeah. I'm going to have to see a lot from the Thunder. Now, granted, I went hot-takey for a reason, and I admitted to it you know, I did it for the sauna. Oh, I, thanks. But I, I certainly don't think the Thunder have any chance at the Warriors. I will say I'm a little disappointed the Spurs didn't make like a... I guess they got Rudy Gay. I mean, whatever that's worth in 2017. And they got King Joffrey Laverne. 
but Spurs will Spurs, man. Everyone, yeah, but but a I, bunch of people are already taking the under on them and saying, oh well, you know they got all these guys who are hurt, yada yada yada. They'll find a way. They'll hit the over. But they didn't make that move that puts them over. We don't know what would have that series would have turned out if Kawhi had stayed healthy. But if they're kind of the closest team that can scare the Warriors, why if they would have just made one more move, I feel like I don't know. Maybe the Rudy Gay thing will work out. I think their move but, is that Aldridge is gonna. You know, figure things out a little better in the Spurs system. This is going to be year three. I mean, how long does it take him to figure it out? Supposedly, him and Pops had a heart to heart. Yeah, well. And I, I mean, they have the second best player in the league on their team. Yeah, right. I, that's what I'm saying. Right? I'm, sure. But what I'm saying, well, no, I, I think Durant and LeBron. What, what place? Rank your top five. Go. Oh, this is fun. I'll say, I'll say LeBron won, but I don't. We're, we're, I think. No, don't think about it. Just say him. Top five, go. LeBron, Durant, Kawhi are one, two, three in that order. Uh, <laughs> Help me out. I'm not going hard in there. Who am I? I mean, yeah, really, I can only do the, th- the top three because I think after that. It's. It's very that then it becomes. I think I think preference. four through ten is yeah. It becomes preference. Yeah. I'll, you know what? I'll say four for next year. I think could be Giannis. Um, and then, I mean, I love Westbrook. I think I'll go Westbrook five, but I think Towns and Davis are both lurking for that spot. So no mention of Curry yet. Oh Just throwing God. that out there. Yeah, you're right. No mention of Draymond yet. I do you love, actually rated higher in real plus minus. Well, I know you love real plus minus, and I love Draymond from the eye test perspective, uh, the good old fashioned. That's what I'm saying. Like I think it's about it's about the top three. I just completely overlooked both those guys because I just it's they're about on the such top a good three, team. and then I think four through eight or nine, fifteen maybe even because you you didn't mention Jokic. I mean, he's not top five. He's a very. I'm not good saying player. top five, but from what's the difference between him and Towns? You threw Towns in there for. I wouldn't even have thrown Towns in top five category. I think Towns has a lot more potential to tap into from what he was last year than Jokic. I think is close to his ceiling. Yeah, but his ceiling is like. Being, I mean, no, he's. I know he's young, but just he's kind of maxed. His out ceiling is being sixth in real plus minus. He was sixth in real plus minus last How, year. I have a fun exercise. He was very good in both offense and defense. Do you, Do you want to name your top five, or I have a similar exercise to do if If you want to. <laughs> sure. The what, joke has made me think of. What's rank the your top five or six? Because I have six in mind. Passers. Passers. Yes. LeBron. Do are you going in order? Not necessarily. He was just the first that came to my mind. I I have six in mind. You go first. I have six in mind. I, two of mine are rookies. Oh boy. We haven't touched on this yet, have we? I I I can't honestly. It's make it's fine it, if you don't want to put them in your I top five now, but you will. I can't at the make end of the a. I I couldn't do this. I mean. LeBron is the first thing that comes to my mind. Should and I, I say mine? And the homer in me wants to say Ricky Rubio because okay. he he he's, yeah. he's been top three in assists he for like the last. He doesn't play for your team anymore, but yeah, that's true. But I would say I would say he's one of the top six passers in the league. I think mine would be. Chris, Why did you say six? 
because I've got six in mind. I'll say them to you right now. Okay. Chris Paul. Okay. Lonzo Ball. Are these all Nic- going to rhyme? Nikola Jokic. LeBron. Nicole. Nikola Jokic. Nikola. You, should, you call them Nicole. <laughs> Whatever. Jokic, LeBron, Rubio, and rookie for the Los Angeles Clippers, Milos Tio. Uh, well, he's not a true rookie per not se. Not a true rookie, but because he's like thirty. But yeah, I think yeah, those I mean, guys I like a little more sample size to judge him and ball on. Those six guys, I think, are passers at a different level than everyone else. Yeah, it's hard. I I need to dig into it a yeah. little more. That's just something I thought of the other day. I was like watching highlight videos of Jokic's passes, and then Tidosic. I don't know how to pronounce his name, but. And I'm a longtime fan of Lonzo Ball's passing. I mean, I have nothing against him. I know that people want him to fail because they don't like his dad. I don't really care about that. I just also don't like the fact that people are already talking about they're going to surround him with four superstars in next year's free agency. Yeah, I, I, think- I just hate that. Like, I want him to earn... If he's going to be great in the league, I want him to earn it the normal way. You know, I don't want him to... Get to be able to pass to LeBron and Paul George. Yeah, I, I don't like you that know, thought either. In his second in his second season. Well, I think that LeBron, how much of it would really be him then? It'd be you got to play with these great players. Right. I I, I don't know how much the LeBron to LA thing. I mean, everyone just seems to be jumping on that just because he has a house there and he might not be happy in Cleveland. I feel like all the players have a house there. A lot of them do. Yeah, yeah. A lot of granted, a lot of them are from there. Westbrook, Harden, George are all from Southern California. Probably some others I'm forgetting. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know how much I really buy into that. I was just throwing that out. We all know now that Paul George is staying with the Thunder. Um, So, uh, yeah. Oh, we do. No, (laughs) the Lakers. I think they're making some good moves aside from these all these hypotheticals next summer. I mean, Kuzma is kind of the hot name from summer league and early preseason, and he's never going to be like a starting five guy on a championship team but he's a very useful player ingram it'll be interesting to see in his second year with a good point guard yeah i'm excited to watch them they're they're a good young team if they can kind of yeah i mean as much as i dislike young guys then they should just go the young route as much as i dislike the lakers i'm interested to see what ingram does in his second year because i don't necessarily dislike him even though he went to duke i hope he doesn't turn out to be a bust but that team's gonna be interesting to watch because walton's gonna want to push tempo and they have the guys to do it right right so the other team in la the clippers um blake griffin's always hurt and he's hurt for the start of the year um they're saying he's coming back earlier than they thought though yeah i mean is that just a recipe for him to get hurt earlier then um my boy Teodosic, um, filling him and Patrick Beverly filling in for Chris Paul. Um, as much as I hate Beverly, he's a good defender and a useful player. Uh, they brought in Danilo Gallinari, who, another guy, if he could just stay healthy, would be very useful. Um, they're a lot deeper than they were. They're a lot deeper, which has always been an issue. Um, and that can help. Yeah, I, I, you, I mean, when we did our Western rankings a minute ago, I think I had them fifth. Uh, they are, I don't think they're much, if any, at all worse than when they were when they had Chris Paul, or just compared to last. It'll year. It'll be interesting to see if 
uh, Jordan maintains his effectiveness without Chris Paul's yeah. touch. Because for all, all that Chris Paul does, one thing that he did do was make DeAndre Jordan into a first-team All-NBA right, player. Right, right. When it, right. When it seemed almost unlikely, even though Jordan has a lot of physical aspects, he wasn't much of anything before Paul showed up. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, though, you know, they made some good moves to, to kind of um, stay afloat after Paul left them. I mean, most teams would be devastated to lose a superstar, but they're, uh, like I said, I think they're going to be about as kind of as good as they were last year, but that doesn't mean they're any closer to taking down the Warriors or going further in the playoffs or anything like that. Yeah, I think they're pretty much set up again for having a really quality regular season and then kind of wilting. Kind of 50 wins or so. Because even though the king of wilters, Chris Paul, isn't there anymore, I don't... People are starting to Blake Griffin would have to go absolutely supernova for them to get past the second round. Right. Which I suppose is within the realm of possibility, but I just don't see that as being very likely. And then who's to say he's not hurt at the end of the season right. like he's been the last, what, six? Last two, for sure. And people are starting to sell Doc stock. I mean, how good uh, is they've he They've been really? selling that for quite some oh, time. is that right? I, I held on to mine for a while. but I uh, mean, he won a championship with three Hall of Famers on his team. It's not like he worked some sort of magic. He for sure. Four, well, probably not four, but almost four with Rondo. If he could have put together a few more seasons of quality work. But definitely three. Three Hall of Famers on that team. It's not like he was some sort of magical miracle worker like Carlisle with the Dirk team was. But the Clippers are definitely interesting in that they could be it could be addition by subtraction for them right. getting rid of the one star who And we both like Chris even Paul. even though yeah, even yeah, though he's, he's possibly not. top three point guard all time, it just for whatever reason, just there's just something. Yeah. yeah, there was something with that combination of players that yeah. just didn't have it. I mean, when they buckled to the Rockets in the playoffs a few years ago, that was the year because that was that the- was just like the sign that it wasn't that combination of players wasn't the right combination of players for whatever reason. And that's when Blake did kind of start playing otherworldly, but he it still wasn't enough. They didn't have the right execution down the stretch and they got tired because they had no bench uh we talked about this a little bit already in our draft recap but i love the kings i mean they're probably only gonna win like 30 games this year but long-term futures i, I think the kings wow. are on the right track do you want to make a bet on that win total you think it'd be way lower than 30 yeah i think they could be headed for like 23 yeah i don't want to bet because i think you might be right because now I almost like the Lakers as much as them. And then who, who's going to be last in the West? I guess Suns. the Suns. The Suns have a great two pieces to build around with Booker. And I'm a big believer in Josh Jackson. But, yeah, outside of those two, their rosters, yeah. Not so good. young, though. You can't have every person be, you know, 20 22 years old. And under. Oh, a lot of them are under. Yeah, under. Yeah. You just can't. You can have some. You can't have all. Unless they're freaking hall of, future Hall of Famers. Yeah. I mean, they're obviously playing for the future. Who are the tank teams this year? I mean, the Suns aren't necessarily tanking. They're just young and bad. 
they might be the only team in the West, but we've got a full-on tank of Palooza in the East between the Bulls, Hawks, the Hawks. Who the Hawks have a lot of serviceable players though. Them and the Pacers. It's it would behoove them to tank, right? But they, Both they of those yeah, teams. they probably won't. But they're but they're good enough that they're especially better than. The Bulls, the Nets are still kind of in tanking. The Nets care. aren't going to tank, though, because right. they they're don't have trying. They're trying, but they're just so bad that they're kind of in that category. Now we have to say, of course, that uh, the Knicks are, I, I don't know, if we're going to say that they're tanking, but they're near the bottom without Melo. I mean, regardless of what you thought of Melo, I mean, maybe Porzingis. It'll be interesting. That could be addition by subtraction. Yeah, again. maybe Porzingis will really make a leap. And him and Cantor, I think, can be... I don't know how much they'll put those two on the floor together. It's really weak defensively, but it's almost got enough potential rebounding to make up for some of the defensive deficiencies, and it's going to be a load to defend when the Knicks have the ball. I don't think they'll play those two together all that much, but... Um, are those... Did we forget any other tanking teams? Ma- Magic. Magic might be the worst team, and they... They should be trying by now because they had a like a two-year plan when they hired Bogle and they just got their new GM, the guy from Milwaukee. So maybe he'll slowly turn things around. But man, they they are looking at a bad year coming up. So really, a uh, similar amount of tanking teams as we've had the last few years. Kind of two or three big tankers, and then another four or five teams that are either just playing bad or can't get out of their own way. Have we mentioned every team now? I guess not the Pistons. They're <laughs> kind of boring. They, they'll probably make the playoffs this year, though, or they'll be right in the hunt towards the end in the East. And the Mavericks. Are they at all They could be a tanker in the West. You think they might tank? Not on purpose, per se, but the writing could be on the wall halfway through the season. They'll never tank with Dirk. Yeah, but he might not even play 50 games. He's going to be doing his farewell tour. That's it. The Mavericks do have an interesting player, Dennis Smith Jr. A lot of people like him for That's rookie fine. of the year. He's a rookie. He could be good. Very but quick, as a rookie, very athletic. As a rookie, you're just unless you're on a team that's already really good. Harrison Barnes, they re-sign or they sign Nerlens Noel. Okay. So they won't tank. They won't tank. They're going to win like 35 games. Yeah, that's probably a good guess. Which in the West will be a far cry from anything relevant, but I don't know. They're, they're going to be one of those teams that on any given night, you can't count them out. they got some talent. Yeah, they're always like that just because of Carlisle. And they have Rick Carlisle. Yeah, you never want to play the Mavs because you know it won't be a gimme. When it comes down to it, as much as we think the final destination is a foregone conclusion as far as the Warriors winning again, this season could be pretty dang fun. Yeah. I mean, who's going to win the MVP? Yeah, that alone, you could have you could have a ten horse race. That's interesting because I don't think Westbrook will win it because I don't think he'll have anything like the year that he had statistically last year. I don't think any of the Warriors guys will win it because they all kind of cancel each other out. I don't think LeBron will win it because if he wasn't voted for the last couple of years, I mean I don't think voters will. Ever it could vote be for the him. the re. Like the, the the voting fatigue forum has subsided. The op, the yeah. It's a reversal of the voting fatigue. Maybe and maybe if they just have like a huge. The thing is, he just doesn't put enough emphasis. If they get on the one seed in the East, he could win it. Yeah. Maybe Kyrie, if if 
I mean, I don't think he is going to have a year uh, that's it's worth it. It's just so it. hard to But if he's kind of seen as the guy who... Yeah, after it's they tough because they're not going to... After they signed a guy to a max deal in the same offseason... Yeah, forget I said that. That's awful because they're not gonna, their win total is not going to be that much better than it was. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's just like they, they added so many new pieces so they can't pinpoint it and say like, oh, Kyrie's the reason we won... You know, five more games than we did last yeah. year. You know who we're forgetting is uh, a lot of people like Giannis for the MVP this we're year. We're forgetting him. We just hadn't mentioned him yet. But yeah, that's 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 what I'm saying. It's like a ten horse race. I think you, you know, could have all sorts of people win it. Kawhi. Oh, well, certainly. He uh, he would probably be the favorite right now as as it stands because he doesn't have that second star on his team. Right. He really could have won it last year. I. I made the case for Kawhi late, late in the year before. He should have been more of a factor in the voting than it was. ended up kind of just being a two-horse race. Kawhi, I mean, that game against the Rockets, he made all those big plays against Harden in the final few minutes. It's tough to have picked Harden over him last year. I guess Harden's still in the mix. The reason with Harden was, is he definitely, he was so obviously his team's best player that's why he ended up being, you know, him and Westbrook were the two final yeah. guys. So is that what it takes in this day and age to win an MVP? No, not necessarily. That's just, one how, that's just how it, the narrative went last year. Yeah. And I guess it was abnormal that a team Because everyone such a was low... right off LeBron because they're like, oh, he's got Kyrie in love. And even though his numbers stacked up against him, like plus, uh, we'll go back to this just because I like to, but real plus minus... LeBron was number one in the NBA again. <laughs> Crazily enough, you you know you can't you can't reduce the MVP to just whoever happens to be the first in real plus minus. But that was just an interesting factoid. I think the MVP will be Kawhi Leonard, but I think Giannis Antetokounmpo will potentially be second in the voting and will get a lot of buzz for it. But I think voters ultimately. We'll go with the more established name, and the Spurs will probably have more wins than the Bucks. And people will kind of say, "Well, this is Kawhi's turn because he was in the running the last couple of years but didn't get it." And Giannis has to wait his turn because that's kind of how these things go sometimes. I'll go with um, no shock. I'll go with LeBron James. I think he'll have that uh, reverse. Voting fatigue going for And I guess if they end up with a good win total and people could say, oh, they lost Kyrie and Isaiah Thomas was out for whatever it ends up being the first month or two. And look, they didn't lose any ground in the standings. Look at what LeBron did. I think that's very well within the realm of possibility. The only, I think the only thing that stops that is him only playing like 60 games. Which I think that's very in the realm of possibility because I think if they're in a good spot like around the all-star break late january february i think he, he played he might just 37.8 minutes per game last year that is insane that is insane that is why i don't know that that is just unhealthy for someone with the, all the mileage that he has right That's so i think crazy. he may take a self what is Ty Lu doing he may take a self sabbatical like he did a few years ago where he takes himself out for like yeah, but he years. almost won the MVP that year because he timed it just right. Yeah, but he's not. Uh... Well, anyway, 
that's just a probability thing. It's almost like him against the field, and I'm just happening to take him, even though he hasn't won it in you know yeah. X number of years. What is it for now? Westbrook, Curry, Curry, Durant. Durant, right. But we shall see. It's going to be an exciting, fun year. Can't wait. It always is, but yeah, this year especially. I think there's enough players on new teams that it's exciting. And some, and some different new... teams, you know, hopefully getting a piece of the pie, a.k.a. the Timberwolves. Timberwolves, yeah. Well, I think the Nuggets will be a new playoff team. Or were they in the playoffs last year? No. No, they were close last year, yeah. but they've been in somewhat recently. But I guess this is a whole new core from the last time they were in. Yeah, they're going to be an interesting team, the Nuggets. Very good passing team. The Paul Millsap pickup, unfortunately, he's probably just past his prime now, but uh, he's a very good player. Um, Jokic. They got a lot of length in the front court. Yeah, I'm not as sold on some of their young guards as other people are. Murray and Harris and Moutier. Booty is a tire fire. <laughs> All right, well, we've babbled on long enough. By the time we record our next one, you know, we'll probably be two weeks into the season. Probably LeBron or someone, someone who we expected to be. The Bulls will be four now. Someone will have torn their ACL already. Not that I would ever want that to happen, but just the way things go, it seems like anyway. Yeah, and uh, we'll have four totally different college football Someone playoff teams. Someone will have won the World Series, maybe. Who knows? Hopefully not the Cubs. Hopefully not the Cubs. All right, that does it here. Yeah. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs>